Hello and welcome to another episode of Two Guys and a Chainsaw. I'm Todd. And I'm Craig. Happy holidays, everybody. We're well into our month of December where we traditionally and this year is no different, do horror movies that are Christmas-themed or snow-themed, whatever we can find. And this year we have uh, one that is both this week. This is Jack Frost from 1997. Not to be confused with the Michael Keaton movie Jack Frost that also came out around this time, if I remember correctly. Uh, Yeah, the next year. This is the one that I think people like you and me, it's pretty unmistakable passing by this in the video store shelves. You had this cover with this evil-looking snowman. And if I remember correctly, they they went all out. And they did one of these covers where if you turn it sideways a little bit, his mouth opens and closes. Did you get that? That's funny. I had totally forgotten about that until you just said it. But you're absolutely right. Yes, they did. Such a memorable cover for a movie that... um, at the time, just looking at this movie, I thought, uh, the cover didn't sell it on me. You know, so lots of times we say the cover sold it, and we watched it, and usually it was crap. Right. In this case, I looked at the cover, and I was like, this movie's going to be total garbage, because it looked like the kind of cover uh, to, to a total garbage movie. And so I never picked it up. Uh, I thought it was clearly just one of these cash-in on the Jack Frost uh, movie by Michael Keaton. I don't think it was. Not according to what we're finding online, anyway. It just so happened that these two movies came out um, close to each other. Yeah. Whereas Michael Keaton turns into a snowman, uh, in this movie we have a kind of child's play angle where there is a serial killer who possesses snow. (laughs) 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 And becomes a killer snowman. And, oh my gosh, I I actually... I'm I'm just going to lay it out on the line here. I really enjoyed this movie. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> well, then we're going to we're going to have some interesting conversation then because I did not. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you guys are up for an interesting episode then. This was released in the 18th of November in 1997, right at the perfect time for Christmas, and it was directed by a guy named Michael Cooney who really hasn't done much. And from what I read, according to the makers of this movie, this was originally slated to be a 30 million dollar big budget production directed by none other than Rennie Harlan. I know. Can you what? believe that? This is Rennie Harlan, like Die Hard 2, Cliffhanger. Um, he did uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4. That was kind of his big break into Hollywood. Can you imagine him directing this movie? No! No, I can't imagine. I mean, there would have been lots more explosions, and I, I would have liked it much better, I'm sure. <laughs> Well, with more than $30 million, it probably would have come out a lot better. What apparently happened, according to the makers of this movie, is the they didn't get him on board. Probably Gina Davis talked him out of it or something like that. Uh, I, wisely, yeah. <laughs> um, the, the budget was slashed. It was made into, I don't think... I'm not sure if it was direct-to-video or not, but it was it was slashed like under a million bucks. And the minute that the puppet for the... Uh, I should say the figure, the puppet, whatever, for the snowman uh, was seen by the director. He said, okay, we're going to have to just embrace the wacky goofiness of this and go all out comedy. And that's exactly what they did. So what you have here is an extremely self-aware horror comedy that is playing it up for cheese and laughs uh, and goofiness. And to me, that is what makes this movie shine. This is why I 
I got on board with this movie from the very beginning. The beginning of this movie starts out panning across a Christmas tree where we get this title sequence. It's extremely Christmassy with the names yeah. of everybody involved in the production written on ornaments. ornaments. And there's this cute voiceover with a little, obviously a, an adult trying to play a kid, which is dumb, asking their <laughs> Uncle Henry to tell them a Christmas story. Uncle Henry? a story? No, it's late. Go to bed. Santa will be here soon. No, I want a story. Please! All right, all right. You want a happy story? Or do you want a scary story? I want a happy, scary story. Happy, scary story. Yeah? Not a question my uncle or aunt or parents really ever asked me when I asked for a Christmas story. <laughs> right. <laughs> but um, he starts off. Once upon a time, there lived a man by the name... By the name of Jack... Frost. Jack Frost? That's right. Like in the song, Jack Frost nipping at your nose. <laughs> Only this guy did it for real. You know how regular folk get up in the morning, eat something, then hurry off to do whatever for the day? Uh -huh. Well, Jack would get up, eat something, then hurry off and kill someone. Because that's what he did. He killed people. He'd stick knives in their faces and cut out their tummies and stamp on their heads till their brains got all runny. Uncle Henry, I don't hey, think hey, this hey. is such a... You wanted a story... You got a story. You can tell right away that this is set up to be a goofy, self-aware horror comedy just from this part in the beginning. And I think that's important. Oh, yeah. Because if you jump in here thinking that this movie is taking itself seriously, you're going to hate it, I think. And, well, you hated it. I loved it for that reason. I don't know. I mean, that that opening part, I enjoyed it. it. It was goofy. And like you said, it's super Christmassy. And so, you know, it definitely sets a tone. Like if you are looking for uh, a Christmas horror movie, I mean, you're Oh, man, Frankly, the rest of the, 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 the movie's not as Christmassy as the opening makes it out to be. You I mean, yeah, so? it's set in the winter and it's with a snowman and stuff, but it's it's more just kind of you know it. Uh, gosh, what can I say? I mean, like it's a, it's it's about snowmen. It, it, I mean, it's it's set during Christmas, <laughs> but it's not really all that Christmassy. But yeah, that opening section with uh, the happy, scary story thing, I thought that was cute. And you know, the big dork that I am, English teacher, I know that actually it is traditional, especially in England, to tell scary stories on Christmas Eve. What? Uh, yeah, it's it's a tradition. I don't know if they still do it, but it was a tradition. I mean, that's... I mean, think about A Christmas Carol. A Christmas Carol is, you know, a wow. ghost story. And so that's, that's not out of the realm of reality for me. But, you know, we don't, we don't really do it in America. Well, I have learned something new today, Craig. I have learned something. I, well, I, I'm a teacher, Todd. It's what I do. Thank you for educating me at all. <laughs> <laughs> but now, so yeah, I was I, I was kind of into it at that point. And but I have to be honest, going in, I, I knew what it was about. And so you know, my expectations weren't super high. But just even from Okay, I'm just going to spill the beans like you did. This is billed as a horror comedy, and I found it neither scary nor funny. Oh. So, 
So like, wow, it just it just kind of didn't work for me. But that's all right. You know, a, a lot of times when we watch these bad movies and then we talk about them for an hour, I end up appreciating them more than when I actually sat and watched it. <laughs> so maybe that will happen again. But I'm not going to hold my breath. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the Uncle Henry even comes to a rhyme at the end of his story. It's like he throws everything in the kitchen sink in here. And I can't believe you don't feel like this is a Christmas movie. I mean, granted, it's not themed around like Christmas Eve or getting presents or Santa Claus or anything like that. But it's like every single opportunity that these people had to stick something Christmassy in the frame, it's in there. That's Even fair. at one point when there is a guy crouched up on the kitchen floor backed up against the, the cabinets opening up a drawer trying to pull a knife out to defend himself there is a tiny little snowman hanging from the drawer where the knives are I mean, yeah like, yeah you're yeah. right now but they apparently shot this movie in like 70 degree weather it's also pretty obvious in many circumstances in here when the snow is fake and when i say fake like there is actually a scene that takes place behind a pine tree, and you can see that the quote-unquote snow that is supposed to be on this exterior pine tree is totally cotton batting. Mm-hmm. And that is the low-budget nature that we have of this movie. It's unavoidable, but I feel like they really embraced it. I, that's what I liked. And and again, in the plot itself, like as soon as that's done, our setup is these guys driving a truck through the blizzard, and the truck truck on the side says execution transfer vehicle <laughs> like i don't know if this is supposed to be texas or what but apparently this county or this state has uh, so many executions that they have a special marked up transfer vehicle for <laughs> and at the same time you know and in the back seat of course of this is jack Frost, the, the actual guy's name, the serial killer or whatever that the grandpa tells us about. And then who's barreling down the other side of the highway in the opposite direction is this giant vehicle that's like Genetic Testing Institute. Like yeah. dangerous chemicals inside. And as soon as you see that, it's like, okay, come on. You know, this is this is goofy. I mean, that's practically like Hot Shots type humor right there. That's, you know, sure, that's sure. Mel Brooks kind of comedy. And the acting is goofy. Uh, and the lines, there's so, tons of one-liners in this movie. Some of them work. Most of them are groaners. But I just thought that they were still kind of funny. I, there were some of them I still had to laugh out loud at. And we'll get to those. Yeah. So they crash. And the guy who plays the serial killer really plays it up, like, way over the top. And um, he's a pretty well-known actor. Well, not well-known, I should say, but he gets around. He's He's got like over 100, 100 IMDb credits to his name. He does a lot of voiceover work. He does a lot of character work. And you have to say, this whole movie is filled with recognizable character actor faces. Yeah, but recognizable in that way that like you know you maybe know them from somewhere, but you can't figure it out. Right. Um, and I even looked... Like you said, the the guy who plays Jack Frost, and I do want to give him credit because he totally embraces it and plays it way over the top. Like, he's got the big crazy eyes and, like, everything that he says and every reaction he has is twitchy and, and crazy. Um, and I, I liked him. And I even liked him, you know, when he becomes the snowman. But I, I feel like because... 
the snowman is so limited in what it can do. Like, it, <laughs> it, it barely moves at all. And so yeah. he's a little bit neutered as far as his performance is concerned. Um, but he tries, and it and it is big and over the top. And it's it's not atypical at all you know like he's the crazy guy in the back of the van being taken to be executed and he has banter with the guard in the back and he ends up like you know somehow overpowering the guard in the back and snapping his neck with his foot and stuff and like fine all right (laughs) (laughs) and there's some funny stuff like the the drivers of the truck are kind of taunting him and they're driving through this big blizzard and yeah i mean you see it coming a mile away when the two trucks are coming at one another and like the guy who's driving the genetics truck i don't even know what that means like (laughs) like they're just transferring around their genetic experiments i don't i don't get it but you know like he's like pouring stuff in his thermos in this blizzard where they have like zero visibility um (laughs) and and then they crash uh and there's it's it's kind the crash is kind of funny because like in the aftermath the driver of the prison truck is kind of sitting there and the other guy who is sitting next to him like his feet are just in the guy's face like you don't even know if the other guy is dead or like (laughs) (laughs) well the crash itself is such a low budget crash i mean it's so silly it's almost like it's almost like I was watching Batman from 1966. Like all these cantilevered camera angles in the movie uh-huh. that skewed and went around, and this crash sequence, which is basically a view through the windshield, and it's like they just spun the camera around. Yeah, <laughs> and everybody is inside going ah. ah, ah. Yeah. <laughs> well, the whole movie's like that. In the right context, that could be really charming. You know, those old Batman shows, you can still watch them, and and they are goofy, but they're charming, and I don't know. This just didn't do it for me, but that's okay. All right, so anyway, uh, they crash, and, like, the guy's free. So the, the one guy who was driving the truck gets out, and he sees the Jack Frost, the convict or whatever, who has somehow mysteriously been freed from his shackles, and he gives (laughs) him, like, the crazy look. Yeah, not a scratch on him. Gives him the crazy look, like, ha-ha, I'm free now, you're in trouble. Um, But then... I, I guess because of the impact, there was like some sort of fire, and that was like heating up the tank that the genetics were in. Like, <laughs> <laughs> now let's be scientific and technical, here, Craig. It's a genetic acid. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> we learn about this later in the movie, and now it's explained to us very precisely what this is. Yeah, it's a giant tanker full of some genetic acid that is supposed to bond human DNA to inert objects in case there's an apocalypse and we're all dead. Somehow this is going to keep humanity going, and it's the invention of a scientist, but it hasn't been um, it hasn't been experimented with yet. Even on an amoeba. Even on an amoeba, but they filled a giant tanker with it and drove it down the street in a blizzard. (laughs) Yeah. And so, like, the tank gets really hot and it explodes. And, like, as it's exploding, Jack Frost looks at it and said, this is going to hurt. Like, (laughs) just such silly one-liners. I love that. 
I know, and it's fine. Like, I can forgive them from that actor because he's so over the top. <laughs> I missed him throughout the rest of the movie. I mean, technically he's there because he's voicing the snowman, but he's got these huge over-the-top facial expressions. You know, once... Okay, so it explodes, and it's acid, so, like, it just eats his body, like his body melts into the snow. It was very reminiscent of when... Stripe, the gremlin, yes. uh, in Gremlins, melts at the very end. Very reminiscent of that, which I did enjoy. But then it's like, then there's like a three second like animated genetic cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's hilarious. Yeah, it also kind of had a, it had a Christmas touch to it because <laughs> it almost looked like little snowflakes and things inside. The, it did floating it did. around. It, yeah. And so the you know, as you already said, the premise is like his his DNA melds with the snow DNA. Um and then <laughs> just Im- immediately immediately we don't see it in full. Like we see that the surviving transporter or whatever sees it. But he turns into a snowman and he escapes. And uh, then we jump to this family in a car who are driving around. It turns out to be this sheriff named Sam. And apparently Sam is the one who put Jack Frost away. And it was kind of on a fluke. Like, he just stopped him on, like, a traffic stop or something. Like, apparently this guy had been terrorizing communities for years and years and years. But then he had gotten sloppy and had started putting body parts into the pies in the bakery <laughs> that he worked in. And yeah. so he... Uh, it's a little bit of everything in there. You know, Sweeney Todd. I know. <laughs> but Christmas. Well, and, and, yeah, Christmas. It, they're pecan pies. Um, <laughs> My favorite pies, by the way. <laughs> well, good. Now I know a teacher for Christmas. Um, without the body parts. so anyway like this sheriff like just kind of randomly busted this guy on a traffic stop the guy got you know found out and tried and sentenced but he yelled at the cop after his sentencing i'll find some way to get you i'll be back and apparently this has been haunting this guy ever since yeah um and and that's what the movie ends up being like Jack Frost, the killer snowman, comes back to exact his revenge, not only on this sheriff who uh, put him away, but on the entire community of Snowman Town. Yes! (laughs) (laughs) It's wonderful. What a a crazy coincidence, huh? (laughs) Now, I thought, now this sequence that where we do the flashback that's between them, it had some really great transitions. There was some fine, fine filmmaking going on in this. And I have to say, as low budget as this movie is, we watch a lot of low budget movies that are really Mm -hmm. terrible and they're shot poor poorly or mm-hmm. you know they're deficient in this way or this way and that but sometimes we get across a low budget movie that even though um, you can tell it had limitations with money and with things with resources and things like that still the person behind the camera setting up the shots does a really good job and i felt like this movie was like that even mm-hmm. though there's a lot of goofy 
like the puppet. Oh my gosh, this this snowman puppet is just hilariously bad, and mm-hmm. they know it. It's clear they know it, and they don't show it as much. And we get a lot of just like snowman hands like popping in and out of the screen, or just you know close ups on certain bits and pieces, um, without actually seeing big full scale you know far back views of what's going on but right. but there is a lot of really cool camera work going on this sequence really was quite impressive the way it bounced back and forth between him uh, and the family in the car uh, and him reminiscing about uh, his interactions with putting this guy away it was good i mean there were there were points where like his head would turn and then um the shot would be so perfectly lined up that when his head turns to the left suddenly we're back in the present but his head's kind of in the same position and so it's a little jarring but it's really cool anyway there was a lot of that in this movie as silly as it was i felt like there was a lot of care that went into this oh yeah i'll give you that uh there were many times when i found myself thinking that the cinematography in this movie was way better than it should have been Mm -hmm. it's slightly above the made for sci-fi channel Mm. movies yeah um and and it kind of reminds me of those movies a little bit and you know i am not against camp and i'm not against bad movies i really am not this one just didn't do it for me Mm. i don't want to be a big debbie downer about it i'm glad you (laughs) liked it i hope other people like it it just didn't do it for me but i will give it credit where credit is due and and it was shot pretty well and you're right you know they they made do with what they had. Um, I read that, you know, they were supposed to initially have at least several of these snowman figures. And, and this snowman, you know, whatever it is, it's a costume, a puppet, whatever you want to call it. It's a good six feet tall, probably. But it looks like something that you would see in the mall. And mm-hmm. they were supposed to have, I guess, several of them that would have different looks or different functions or whatever and they ended up only being able to afford one so they may do with what they had and it's funny you know in that silly (laughs) some guy and some guy in a felt costume is reaching his felt arm out (laughs) from behind the camera to grab somebody like uh, that's funny (laughs) it doesn't even look like snow (laughs) no not at all not at all and and none of them do like okay so then uh we get into this town well the sheriff sees the wreck and then they hear on the radio the next day that the guy never got to his execution but he died in the car crash anyway so it's no big deal and the sheriff has this family where he's got this wife and this little kid who <laughs> who's like a little he's, he's gonna be a tv chef someday he's, he's in his experimental <laughs> phase <laughs> he, he 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 might be a little bit developmentally disabled i'm not sure <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that but i'm just saying yeah and like it like they set up you know like these cutesy family things where the kid the kid is so annoying i yeah uh, he drove me crazy and i think he was written that way i think he was supposed to be annoying the kid makes the dad like these disgusting like this disgusting 
I didn't know even know what it was supposed to be. Like at I first, know. I thought it was like hot chocolate, but it was like super, super thick. Turns out it's like oatmeal, I guess, with like marshmallows in it and stuff. And he's like, "Look, Daddy, I made you something special." And uh, <laughs> special's a good word for that kid, by the way. Um, <laughs> it, it just looks gross, and the dad's like, "Mmm," and he's like, well, "I'll put some in a Ziploc bag and I'll take it with me." And so, like, he takes it or whatever. Yeah. And so they they set up this. Uh, family dynamic the sheriff goes uh into town where apparently they have like this big snowman festival every year and the first thing we see is this big big it's not big at all this little setup they have in front of like the town hall i guess i guess or the church it was hard to yeah yeah i couldn't tell so like in the square like you know the center of town they've got all these different snowmen and they have this one snowman i guess that's like covered up that's like the big secret snowman that they're not going to reveal until the end and like the guy who's in charge of setting it up like makes a point of like shooing people away like no you can't peek you can't peek you can't see it until the snowman festival and then they never show it I know. <laughs> that made, that made I know. me so mad. I thought there was going to be some payoff there. I know. I thought surely this is going to be like the finale. Like, you know, <laughs> some big scary snowman is going to come out. No, we just never see it. But <laughs> anyway, these snowmen, like, it looks like they're made out of felt that you got from the craft store. Like, yeah. it's they don't not look very convincing. real at all. And, and they're not, uh, I mean, this poor town of Snowmanton, you'd imagine they'd have master snowman crafters here, but these snowmen just look like like some four-year-old kid made them. Yeah. None of these look uh, show-worthy, let's put it that way. No. <laughs> well, except for the naked lady one that one kid is making, that one was kind boobs. of impressive. A little bit. Well, it's a cute setup, because this is where we meet everybody in the town. They're all, everybody's right. submitting a snowman to this thing. And so, right, so we meet all these people and none of them end up being particularly important. It's just kind of like, let's introduce you to these people so that we can either kill them or they'll be some small part later. But there's this one family who seems to be in charge of like, the snowmen. I don't know. <laughs> Jay and... Sally, I think, are are the parents. And then the kids, there's Billy. And I say kids, but they're teenagers. There's there's Billy and there's Jill, who's played by Shannon Elizabeth, which is the only thing that I knew about this movie really going in, was that this was uh, Shannon Elizabeth's first movie. Um, and she's supposed to be, I guess, kind of like the slutty girl in town. Mm. I mean, that's not really overemphasized, but that's kind of like the suggestion or whatever. Yeah. Shannon Elizabeth is funny. She is a, a gorgeous girl. You know, m- most people were introduced to her in American Pie, and she was so objectified in that movie, but in a hilarious way, and she totally embraced it and, and was down with it. So I was excited to see her in this movie, and she is awful. Awful. (laughs) Well, it is her first role, you know? She is playing it over the top. She's camping it up a bit as well. Maybe she's just taking her cue from everybody else, or maybe it was just her first role. (laughs) I don't know. Still very pretty, but... The acting is her acting is just absolutely terrible. And Shannon Elizabeth, it's so funny, you know, like she did this movie and then she did American Pie and she did at least one of the sequels and she did some other horror movies like she did 13 Ghosts. 
and then she just kind of disappeared. And yeah. um, it's because she, like, just totally withdrew herself from Hollywood. And she lives, I am pretty sure, she lives in Africa now where she works, like, on an animal sanctuary, and that's just, like, her life's work. Like, she's just given up acting, and that's what she does. And good on you, Shannon Elizabeth. Yeah. (laughs) Nice for her. I would love to make a couple nice, really big paychecks and then be able to go around and do whatever I want. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm surprised more actors don't do that, actually. But anyway, okay, so they introduce that family and a couple of other people. And then again, then eventually the snowman just shows up. Like, it just shows yeah. up outside the sheriff's house. And so the mom pulls up and sees it, and I'm like, ooh, this is ominous. Like, are they going to kill the, the sheriff's wife right away? But no, she just goes inside. And the son is like, look, I made you something else special. <laughs> She's like, <laughs> and he's like made these stupid gingerbread cookie snowmans. Look, I made special. I just cleaned up after your special oats. But these are extra special. (laughs) This kid. (laughs) It's horrible. Uh, And she's like, well, it's not as special as the snowman you made. And he's like, I didn't make a snowman. And she's like, well, there's one outside, but it's not finished. So here's this bag of groceries that I just brought home from the grocery store that happens to be full of snowman supplies. So (laughs) take it outside and, you know, give it a face or whatever. What I like about this kid is he goes outside, he puts on, it's a tall snowman and he puts up like yeah. a trash can or something on its on its face so that he can step up on top of it. Mm-hmm. And then he whips out like a snowman oven mitt or something to give himself <laughs> a reference <laughs> so that he can make the most yeah. basic snowman <laughs> face you've ever seen. Two big black eyes, a carrot in the middle, and then he draws on a mouth. But he needed this as a reference. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, as he's doing this, uh, the gang, you know, the kids come by. And one of them is uh, Billy, one of the kids we met earlier. Yep. Was he the one making the snowman with the boobs? I can't remember. No, that was Tommy. Oh. <laughs> and I didn't say that like that for emphasis. I was just looking at my notes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was Tommy. I thought you were trying no, to make me Billy, feel stupid. Okay, yeah, no. Bill, no, Billy is Billy is Shannon Elizabeth's brother and right. son of the people who run the snowman show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's a bully. He is Billy a bully. the bully. He has apparently. a gang and they have old-fashioned sleds. This is like right out of a Christmas story right here. Yeah, yeah. And so Billy turns around and this kid knocks the the snowman's head off which the snowman isn't very happy about and in a sequence of things it's a little confusing because you're not exactly sure what's going on or how it could even physically work and it happens in one second Mm -hmm. like it's so fast Uh, apparently somehow billy ends up on the ground and his sled gets pulled over him over his neck by i guess these snowman arms that shoot out we're not quite sure and anyway all you see is his head flying through the air and so his sled has sliced off his head and you hear in the background i didn't do it holy moly right it. Kill billy it wasn't me <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> this is actually our second kill. There was a kill earlier that we didn't see, but there's an old man Harper who the police had uh, been called out to, and they noticed that you know he was killed in his rocking chair, sitting out in the front of his house, and his yeah. um, neck had been snapped backwards. And they were just talking about how odd that was. So in this case, of course, now everybody believes that the sheriff's son has killed this kid but the kid insisted it's a snowman and everyone's just kind of hanging out they all just kind of decide to disperse it's just so weird (laughs) it is weird and like billy's uh mom and dad show up and like the dad is like super mad at sheriff sam or whatever he's like your kid did this he's a psycho and he's yelling at him and like the mom's behind him like oh calm down (laughs) and then when when the dad finally runs off the mom's like, uh, he, he just has a temper sometimes. And then she goes off, and then Shannon Elizabeth just kind of, like, like stomps through the scene. Like, she's <laughs> mad, too. Like, nobody's particularly sad that Billy's dead. Like, they're all just well, kind of inconvenienced and irritated. Well, maybe like, it's because of the kind of guy Billy was, you know? Maybe we all kind of knew that at heart. Even the priest, who's, who's in, like, every other scene, for some odd reason, just kind of stands and solemnly nods. And that's actually what ends it out. But I also love the music that was going on during the scene, too. A, a really slow dirge of God rest ye merry gentlemen as they're loading Billy's body into the ambulance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and I will say there, the music is kind of fun throughout because it's all Christmas music. It's super fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's all Christmas music, and, and sometimes it's very traditional in the lighthearted scenes, but then in some of these darker scenes, they have some interesting arrangements of uh, these Christmas songs. I, I did enjoy that aspect of it. Yeah, I thought that was fun. That first death like you said, it's not really the first death scene, but the first kill happens off camera. We don't see it at all. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. I, I, f- I feel like it was smart of them to do that because it set the tone. Like, this isn't going to be realistic in any way. Yes. Like, an empty sled. And, you know, we're talking about these sleds with, you know, the metal rails, but... An empty sled is not going to cut somebody's head off. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's not going to happen. Yeah. But in the context of this movie, it is. And so you just go with it. And I, I thought that it was actually smart of them to establish, okay, this is a world where this can happen. So yep. just strap in. <laughs> just strap in because more, more of this BS is coming. Yeah. Right. <laughs> But it's funny, you know? And, and his head flies through the air like that also doesn't make sense. Anyway, so Sam ends up looking through files on Frost because he's really upset still about Frost. And I think there's a part of him that just thinks that Frost may be behind this because he's called this FBI agent who was called in uh, at that crime scene, at that scene mm-hmm. earlier where the crash had been happening. Uh, and it's this old, well, this is a federal thing now. So, ooh, you know, something mysterious is going on. Some cover-ups happening. And so he's called this a federal agent guy just for reassurance that Frost is dead. And the agent's like, oh yeah, Frost is dead for sure. Later on, we see, you know, a cutaway of him chatting with a dude who I guess is a guy from, his name is Stone. Uh, uh-huh. He's the guy who invented this stuff, who's from this company, I, you know, the genetics company. It started. It wasn't meant to happen like this. So you keep saying. We hadn't even tested the acid on an amoeba, let alone a human cell. This is a disaster. So he ends up in town by the time this happens. But I think it's hilarious then um, the next scene, uh, which is inside of the house of the family who's 
child was just killed. So dad is fuming. Mom is still trying to reassure him. Oh, everything's going to be okay. Blah, blah, blah. She's like knitting a scarf. And then the sister Mm -hmm. comes pouting downstairs. um, Just like, I guess, any other Friday night. Like, she's going to go out. And where in God's name you think you're prowling off to like some lady of the night? Our grief isn't good enough for you. You may not have cared for your little brother. Jesus, Dad, I loved Billy. Do not be forsaking the Lord's name in my house, little girl. Your Lord forsook this house long ago. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's just filled with great lines like this. And she storms out. Uh, What happens to Dad? He goes outside uh, to sit uh, and get some wood for the fire. And... There's the creepy snowman we see eight feet in front of him as he's sitting down on this thing. He doesn't notice that the very same snowman that was outside the sheriff's house where his son was killed, where the sheriff's son insisted that the snowman did it, is now standing six feet in front of him. So when he starts hearing voices calling out to him, and he looks up and goes, who is that? What's that? He has to look left and right around this snowman to imagine that yeah. there's a person out there. Uh, it's so goofy. Anyway, he's got an axe uh, that, that is in the thing, and this voice is taunting him. And he sees the snowman move. And so he tries to pick up the axe out of this thing, but he's slow at it. And I, I, I really like the serial killer you know, vibe. It, it was very Child's Play-esque. You know, yeah. to me, just the way he was taunting him Taunts with these one-liners. Him, yeah. yeah, get it. Put your back into it. Come on, come on, you can do it. That's my boy. Get it, get it, get it. Oh, very good. Then, again, in a scene that you don't really see, somehow he approaches the snowman with the axe. The snowman swipes the axe out of his hand. And instead of axing him, he shoves the handle of the axe down his throat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That was surprising. He is so unexpected. Like, what's going through their minds with this? Are they like, ooh, we're subverting your expectations? Or, <laughs> Well, it was. It, this scene is a perfect example of, you know, their budgetary restraints. Because, especially early on in the movie, um, when the snowman is kind of revealing itself as being alive, like, we don't see the snowman at all. We just get huge reaction shots mm-hmm. from the people, yeah. which is kind of hilarious. Like, it's just, you know, a, a dead-on shot on the people, like, what? Oh! <laughs> 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 and then all of a sudden, they've got a, an, an axe handle down their throat <laughs> out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, and it's cute. Uh, this is funny. This is there's kind of a running gag through this movie. And one of the running gags is every time there's a person who's been killed, and the cops are there. The very next scene, and it's it's always this trio of them. It's the sheriff and his two buddies who sit there in a trio staring at it, and it's in the foreground. You know, it's like that classic shot of, ooh, we discovered a body in the trunk, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But it, it's repeated every single time they find someone uh, there to hilarious degrees. And then they have this little banter and this dialogue back and forth. And there's one of the cops, I think his name is Chris, who, he just makes these jokes, He these these one-liners. Most of them are groaners, but I thought that was funny, some of the stuff he would say. I don't even remember. I just remember that the snowman eventually steals his car. But the snowman kills uh, the dad, Billy's dad, and then he also kills his mom and kills her with a bunch of Christmas ornaments. Like, he kind of strangles her with the lights from the tree and then, like, smashes her face in a box of Christmas ornaments. Really brutal. 
it is, and like the effects, I wouldn't go so far as to say they're good, but they're kind of fun. Like at least if you were to freeze the frame, like <laughs> they it, they look pretty good. Um, but I just feel like there were wasted opportunities, you know, just like with how they make a big deal of, no, you can't see this one snowman in town, and then we never do. Mm-hmm. Like, just randomly, in the very beginning when we're being introduced to all these characters, this lady, Sally, says to her husband, when I was a little girl, I always wanted to be the angel on top of the Christmas tree. And the guy's like, okay. Like, <laughs> what is the point of that line? Yeah, you thought if you're not going to impale her on the top of a Christmas tree, right? Yeah, right. It's a good point. But whatever, they don't. She's dead. And then the, the they find. Well, first of all, the guy. Uh, it's Tommy's dad. Gosh, I don't know what his name is. Paul. Um, he's like the guy who runs the hardware store or something, and so he's going around delivering assault to everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, he sees them dead and he also sees the snowman and then he runs off and we don't see him for a while but the police find uh these dead folks and that's when the they they're not fbi apparently but they kind of that's the ruse that right like i don't know who they I, i mean the one guy ends up being from the company or whatever this genetic company i don't really know who the other guy is but it's uh agent manners and agent stone and they show up in town and they're very secretive but stone the one who knows about the genetics clues us in that because they found this wet snow like footprint Inside the house, he's like, Oh, sweet Jesus, look at this. This thing is able to latently alter its elemental molecular structure. English stone, English. It can freeze and unfreeze at will. It melted, came through the doggy door, and refroze on the inside. You mean Jack came through the doggy door and refroze on the inside? What the hell have you let loose in this town? And there's some neat neat shots because of this. You know, like when he's um, probing the uh, the water spot on the floor we get a point of view up through the water you know and then they're chatting and then when he sticks the probe in the water ripples and you know has that effect on the screen and we see that several times where they'll give us some interesting shots through water sinisterly because we know that water is actually jack frost or contains his right. dna or whatever like that and they do a they do a pretty good job of trying to make this water seem pretty sinister when it comes out and we know that you know he's going to reconstitute himself somewhere else but you know it's this classic uh we're taking over here now and there's a bit of infighting between him and the sheriff not enough of it really but uh the sheriff kind of rolls over and's like okay but it makes him set up this curfew and so the whole town which is probably a dozen people (laughs) that they could get for the crowd shot anyway inside this again i thought it was a community center but i think it's a church because he sends the father downstairs to light up the furnace and later on when we come in there it's supposed to be the church i don't know it is a little confusing. It's not a traditional-looking church in any way. It looks more like a community center. They make this announcement, and then they come back out, and the one guy's going crazy, running around, and uh, the rest of the town gets to see this agent and his his uh, friend for the first time. This is when everyone kind of splits out. I think one guy, so he takes Paul away, and then he sends Chris out to check out the, his house. Uh, and then, um, because his wife is 
still home and hasn't been contacted. At some point in here, they're like, somebody needs to find Jill and tell her her whole family's dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought that was funny, because Jill is out gallivanting around with, uh, was Tommy. it Tommy, right? There's another one of these one-liners from the, the guy. I would appreciate it if all you people would get off the streets. Go darn a quilt or something. What the hell's eating him? I bet you it ain't his girlfriend. <laughs> so I stupid. I don't know. It is stupid, but usually you're the one who likes this stuff, and I hate it. <laughs> you're like Grinch today, man. I don't know. <laughs> so he sends Chris to check things out. Chris stops in the middle of the road, and there's a snowman blocking his path, of course. Uh, and so there's a whole sequence when the snowman gets in the car while he's going back to get something to take it out and uh, he runs over Chris and so the snowman is in the car going towards the sheriff's house where his wife is that whole scene it's I I didn't even really understand the purpose of it like I guess it was supposed (laughs) to be the wife was in peril or whatever yeah but not really because the cop shows up and there's just a busted pipe or something. It's and like a fake out, yeah. We're supposed to think water's pouring in from Jack Frost, but it's actually coming from a pipe underneath the sink. From from a drain pipe, which doesn't make any sense, but anyway. No, and then he just, uh, the cop takes her away and takes her back or whatever. But that's the setup for apparently um, Jill and Tommy have been hanging out outside the sheriff's house. And this makes absolutely no I sense. I know, this was so stupid. <laughs> like... Like, they've just been waiting outside the sheriff's house so that they can break in there. And make out. Why? Yeah. Like, like I, I didn't get that either. There was nowhere else you could go. Uh, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, but the whole sequence is hilarious, though. Okay, this sequence is pretty funny. So they get inside, and um, she says something about... What does she say? I don't know. Like, a good... A good man is hard to find or something, and he's like, hard? Well, I'm getting there. Like, I yes. I'll get all scared in the dark. <laughs> and then I'll need a really big boy to look after me. <laughs> big boy? You're getting there? I'm getting bigger. It's a boner joke. Okay, great. It's a perfect movie for a boner joke. My favorite part was like they're like they're looking at each other and it's like, oh, we're gonna do it. So they start taking off their clothes, but they're in this like, you know, winter town and so like they've got all these layers on. So it's like a minute of them stripping off all of their layers. <laughs> to like some Christmas strip tease music. It's so it's great. It's so funny. That part was really funny. And then so they both get down to like their long underwear and it looks like she's gonna take her top off. I can't believe we didn't see Shannon Elizabeth's boobs in this I know, movie. Right? It's not like she was afraid to show her boobs later. I thought for sure we would see her boobs, but we don't. But anyway, like when it looks like she's getting ready to take her last layer off, she stops and she's like, if we're going to do this, I'm going to need a raging log fire and a bottle of wine. <laughs> she turns around and walks off. <laughs> you know, meanwhile, this is in somebody else's house. I know. Like, <laughs> it's, so silly. it's so silly. And he's like, okay. So <laughs> she goes upstairs and she turns on a hairdryer and the radio. He's downstairs looking for a bottle. Of course, he opens up 
what's actually a bottle of champagne between his legs, and we get this, yeah, you know, the pop, you know, pop, pop, (laughs) popped his cork, whatever, and a snowball hits the window of the kitchen, which startles him and makes him duck down, and somehow she hears this upstairs through the radio. Yeah, and the hairdryer. And And so she turns it all off and is like, is everything okay? Anyway, goes back to doing her thing. Of course, Jack Frost comes in downstairs. Uh, This is the part in which I said he finds a knife or whatever, but it's no good against Jack Frost. This is where he has his, we find out he has a superpower where he can shoot icicles out of his Mm -hmm. fist, which I wish, you know, he should have done that more often, uh, to be honest. I'm guessing he probably does in Jack Frost too, but I will never know. <laughs> so he kills this kid uh, by, you know, impaling it. All of this is going on downstairs. Of course, she doesn't hear that. She hears a snowball hitting the window, but she doesn't hear this whole altercation downstairs. Right. Um, she comes out and she walks across the hall and notices that the bath wa- is full of water. And she just calls down, Oh, thank you, and walks in to sit down in the tub. And that's when we get. Um, I don't know. This must be the most notorious scene of the movie. It's up on YouTube. You can go check it out. And, you know, in theory, it's really funny, but as, and I knew about it, I had seen it. Like, when we talked about doing this movie, I said, this is the only part of this movie that I've seen. Mm. But, like, she's in the bathtub, and, like, a, a, the water, I guess, is Jack Frost, and eventually he, like, refreezes, so... She's, like, encased in snow, and then she's kind of, like, halfway trapped in his body. Like, her arms arms, are, like, through his body. Yeah, can't move. And it makes a point of showing the carrot, like, float up in the water before it freezes. And then it also makes a very clear point of showing that once he's re formed that the carrot is not on his face Mm -hmm. so it must be somewhere else and he like for lack of a better word bangs her up against the wall a bunch of times and you know in in theory it's kind of funny but i just felt kind of gross watching yeah it. like it, it it's because it, it's rapey like yeah, it, well, it, it, it literally is, it rape. is rape like yeah. and it's gross and then he has like she dies like he throws her on the floor and blood comes out of her mouth and she's dead and he's like looks like christmas came early this year and i threw up all over the floor like <laughs> nope too much too yeah, far jack frost it's a bit it's a bit much this would this might have flown in the mid 90s but nowadays this is yeah. this is too much too far yeah okay so anyway it all culminates they all end up back up at the uh, community center church, whatever it is. And, well, first of all, they end up at the police station, and Jack Frost shows up, and they kind of, like, the sheriff fights him off with a hairdryer for a while. And then he has this really stupid idea where yeah. they're going to go, they're they're locked back in where the cages are, um, and they're trying to find a way out. In the meantime, Jack Frost's water is coming under the door, so he's going to materialize at any moment. And because the sheriff discovered that heat is his weakness with the hairdryer they're like quick let's get a lot of heat so they pull a ton of aerosol cans out of the storage locker and tape them down to set them off so they're gassing themselves with aerosol in this room like they're gonna die 
Uh, just from yeah. breathing this in, let alone their idea is what we're going to light it and it's going to explode while we're here. Well, but they're going to go out this window in the back, but it's locked and they yeah. have to get the keys and the keys have been left in the door in this other side, of, like at the other end of the hallway. And the sheriff goes to get them and he is the most inept person <laughs> in the world. Like they are literally just hanging out of the keyhole he's afraid to step in the water that's what it is oh my god it takes him like five minutes and like he's fumbling with this huge key ring like just grab it (laughs) like what is wrong with you (laughs) but eventually he does grab it and not before jack frost like you know grabs his leg or something but whatever it doesn't matter and then he has to let Paul out of the cell that he forgot that he was in, and he's inept with the keys again doing that. But they eventually get out, and they do blow up the building, and they think that Jack Frost is dead, but he's not. And he shows back up, but he's, like, all put together wrong, like his head is where his arm should be. And then they just run off. He's like, I'll come back here when I'm pulled all back together. And they go hold themselves up inside the building. It's like, what? Aren't you guys going to, like, attack him again or do something? Yeah, so they they hold themselves up in the community center, and Jack Frost comes in. But this time, they all have hair dryers. And they're set up. It's cute. I mean, I'm sorry, but I thought this was fun. I thought this was a funny part of the movie, even though it's silly, where they've got this almost um, Magnificent Seven thing going, where they're all standing straight in a row. You know, it's kind of high noon and they form this barrier against him. And as he comes towards them, they whip up instead of guns, they have their hair dryers. And so they're beating him back with their hair with the hair dryers into the cellar of this church, like literally into the furnace of the church and slam the furnace door. And he completely melts away, obviously, inside the furnace. And uh, they're standing there uh, and patting themselves on the back, at least the agent and stone are. And you notice that there's steam coming out of it, and it's condensing mm-hmm. again on the window. And then Jack Frost reappears, and this is the this is the craziest puppet part, where he has icicles for teeth, mm-hmm. and he looks like a giant muppet. And again, mm-hmm. it's like it's a you know they don't show too much of him, but by now you're so used to this silly, silly puppet that it doesn't even matter. He bites the face off of the one guy, uh, and then is coming towards Stone. And they have a few words back and forth. We know it's you, Jack. Ah, humbug. Ah. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Eh? I can help you. Maybe turn you back. But I'm having so much fun just the way I am. Wait, wait, wait. Then tell me what it's like to have breached death. The dream of every man on earth. You're immortal. How does that feel? Oh, it feels... Yeah, he kills him and then, like, he somehow like inserts himself into, into him. like oh this is so I, gross yeah. it was gross like he kind of like he kind of wears him like a meat puppet yeah kind of like the cockroach thing in men in black or something yeah, yeah. walks him out and stone's kind of smiling then he turns and he pukes up snow which looks like they're spraying i don't know shaving cream or something on the ground mm-hmm. all the snow effects in this movie are so terrible <laughs> they're really terrible so he reconstitutes himself so it turns out that the cop there's a whole deal that they, they, they comes inside the car with him and his son and then um, they sneak out and as he's sne- running out he grabs that bag of oats that he had left mm-hmm. up on the dashboard and tosses it at the snowman. And as they run away from the car, they look inside and it's like burning half of his face off. 
And he turns to his son. He says, what was in those oats? And his son is like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I didn't want you to get cold. And he said, what did you put in the oats? He says, antifreeze. Which, that that's super cute that he Almost nearly poisoned his, his dad. dad. Yeah, it's... <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, so, so stupid. Convoluted. Oh, yay. Congratulations. I, thank God for you. Mm-hmm. Would have been a short movie if he had eaten it when he got to work. Yeah, I guess. So. I would have liked it better. Now they know. Okay, and so then Jack Frost chases the sheriff. Like, the sheriff tells the hardware guy or whatever, go get... Uh, as much antifreeze as you can and be back in five minutes. And he's like, okay. And so... Uh, <laughs> Good impression. Jack Jack Frost chases the sheriff through, like, an apartment building, a brothel. I couldn't... <laughs> sure I have no idea what was going on here. Yeah, just a bunch of rooms No upstairs. idea what was going on. But he gets him in, like, the top uh, floor... And he, you know, starts stabbing him with an icicle. Meanwhile, the hardware guy has set up a antifreeze jacuzzi in the bed <laughs> of his truck. And right at the last minute, the sheriff, who appears to be dead, wakes up and is like, I'm not dead, ha ha. And they dive out of this big picture window into the bed of this truck filled with antifreeze. And... It's very dramatic, but uh, like struggling and whatnot. But then he wrestles a bunch of cotton in the water. Yeah, yeah, right. And then so it seems like he's dead. But then the stupid son is like, "You forgot this arm," and picks it up and like the arm attacks him. And so like he has to pull the son with the arm wrapped around him into the back of the truck. And then the arm melts too, and everybody's fine and everybody's happy and. They collect up all the antifreeze in jugs and bury them. Like, okay. In consecrated ground. Yeah, right. But the last scene that we see is that underneath the ground, the antifreeze is, like, bubbling and boiling. So he's not gone. Yeah. Oh, my God. This movie was so dumb. I, 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 like, I, my, I was watching it. By myself, of course, last night in my living room. And then when I was done, I went back uh, into the back. And my partner was like, so how was it? I'm like, it was awful. It was terrible. And I was like, I'm kind of mad at Todd that we have to talk about this tomorrow. Are you serious? (laughs) I hated it. I don't know. Oh, I just thought it was awful. I was sitting up cozy in my apartment. Of course, it's nighttime. And I've got a Christmas tree up in front of me. And I had my laptop in front of me and a bowl of popcorn. And I sat and I watched this movie. And it just started warming me up with a Christmas spirit. And then when I realized it was going to be a comedy, I thought, oh, this movie is actually going to be a little more fun to sit through than I thought. Because I thought it was just going to be bad, bad. It wasn't funny. Oh, I like, oh. I didn't laugh one time. In fact, like, when the jokes would come, I would, like, give the computer screen a dirty look. Like, Are you serious? That's not funny. That's not funny. How about when he approaches them in the, at the tail end and he's, like, somebody says, Mother of God. And he goes, nah, bitch couldn't make it. <laughs> oh, my God. There, there were so many one-liners at the... Well, there were so many one-liners. Like, at one point, somebody's like, who's there? Who's there? It's like, it's not fucking Frosty. <laughs> like, like, what a stupid... Oh, my God. It was so stupid. Oh, man. I, I wish that I could remember all those one-liners. I swear to God, I... 
well, and like after they kill the snowman, they're like, "Yeah, we iced him." Like, <laughs> oh my god, are you serious? But it's said in such a it's said in such a corny way. Like seriously, I felt like I was watching like if Mel Brooks made uh, a Christmas horror movie. This was almost it, you know. If you go back and watch those movies, they're almost as silly as this, especially by nowadays. They're smarter. They're, Mel Brooks' comedy is smart. Don't get I mean, me it's wrong. Stupid, but it's smart. Yeah, but it's also kind of juvenile and hard. Well, yeah, I like. And then right before Tommy gets killed, he's stabbing the snowman. And he's like, "What are you?" And he's like, "The world's." Most pissed off snow cone like <laughs> come on like, <laughs> i'm just like give like giving the computer side eye the whole time like, <laughs> to me that was the charm of the movie man okay well maybe i just wasn't in the right mood but i will never <laughs> watch this movie again i am putting this just to spite you i'm putting this on my holiday rotation well good for you but don't even ask next year if we can watch jack frost 2 because i refuse now if you're a completionist you really are no it's are true, you a completionist but craig you gotta know you know that i am don't patronize me you know that i am but i'm not gonna watch jack frost 2 imagine what they did with a little more budget you know called following behind them fine whatever <laughs> hey you have to admit you have to admit it's still more charming and more fun to watch than half of these garbage uh, horror movies that rely so much on bad cgi for their villains. yeah yeah i mean yeah to be fair we've seen way worse we have seen way worse um but god honestly like that's that's really how I felt ultimately at the end of it was like, it's a horror comedy. It wasn't scary and it wasn't funny. Oh. Like, <laughs> all right. I'm sorry. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> We're going to have to agree to disagree on this one. <laughs> Well, thank you again for listening to another episode. If you enjoyed this one, please share it with a friend. Uh, you can like us on Facebook where we have a page there. Let us know what you think of this movie because we're clearly so divided on it. I would love to get some second, third, and fourth <laughs> opinions. <laughs> we're still in the Christmas spirit. We've got a couple more episodes coming up for you this December, uh, hitting those Christmas horror movies. So stay tuned. And then, of course, we'll have to find something New Year's uh, themed. Don't worry. We'll think of something super dorky. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, I'm Todd. And I'm Craig. With two guys and a chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs>